0: Clear your mind and climb the tower. Hi everyone, this is Rowan Odom. Today, we're pleased to showcase The Tower, an ambient, experimental audio fiction which combines a concept album and the mystery and drama of a young woman's journey of self-discovery. Join Kiri as she forsakes the hustle and bustle of the modern world and ascends a seemingly infinite tower. Along the way... She will witness sights and sounds which will challenge her very being, and have deeply personal conversations with friends and family on oddly convenient phones left on the tower. Immersive and contemplative, the tower lays out an experience that is touching and dramatic in turn, inspired by the works of Ryuichi Sakamoto and evoking introspective adventures like Celeste. You can find the tower wherever you get your podcasts or as an ad free album on their Bandcamp. TinCanAudio.Bandcamp.com. Part 1, 2, and 3 are available now, with part 4 coming soon.
1: Hello, I'm Cody Micah Carmichael, and you're about to be listening to the amazing podcast Syntax, which probably means you're smart, charming, and have great taste. And maybe you're interested in scientists discovering and doing cool things, or you'd like to be one. If that's the case, you should come check out BroadlyEpi.com, where I teach the science of epidemiology, programming, provide summaries of the most recent research, have some software tools available, and a lot more. If you're interested in renting a scientist, well, we have that option too. BroadlyEpi.com, epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below, or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode, and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription. And will be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network Shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out.
0: Hi, everyone. Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase The White Vault, a horror podcast set in the frigid darkness of the Arctic Circle. Follow the adventures of an international rescue and repair team investigating a mysterious signal while navigating the treacherous nature of the polar nightmare they find themselves in. Worst of all, they find they may not be as isolated as they think. Fans of Syntax will love this indie series created by a two-person team. The show balances fictional elements with painstaking scientific, linguistic, oral, and cultural precision in details. The science team hail from all across the globe, a multilingual and multidisciplinary team dealing with their findings as best they can filled with masterly crafted foley that places you in the moment with polar bears, howling icy winds, and more. Find The White Vault however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at thewhitevault.com. Subscribe now and delve the waiting horrors. Hi, everyone. This is Stella Odom. I'm the producer and director for Syntax, the first podcast by Twin Strangers Productions. I would like to take just a moment to tell you, our listeners, about some general advisories and content warnings. Syntax is a horror podcast and will contain themes of an adult nature. There will be horrific depictions, there will be disturbing noises, and there will be death and injuries. You can find a complete listing of content warnings in each episode descriptions on your listening platform of choice and in our written episode transcripts available on our website syntaxpodcast.com. With that, I wish you a pleasant and chilling listening experience.
2: Interview for Silas Caldwell, possible candidate for linguist on breach project. Can you hear me, sir? Perfect. Let's begin.
1: What in... what's happened to my dead bug? Uh, um, hello? Who... who are you? What are you doing in my house?
2: Mr. Caldwell? Correct? Please, let's have a seat.
1: I feel like I'd rather make a call to the police than have a seat at this moment.
2: We hardly need the police here for a routine interview,
1: Mr. Caldwell. Interview? Interview? You must be from that biotech firm. Was it Vingula?
2: Vingula received your application for the linguist position and wanted to follow up with you. This interview will be recorded. I do hope you're okay with that.
1: I see. Yes, I recall that application now. Uh, I suppose I'm okay with that. You did come all the way to my house for this interview, quite irregularly. Wouldn't a phone call have sufficed? Did my poor door deserve the breaking and entering?
2: Breaking and... Don't be ridiculous, Mr. Caldwell. The fine print of the application did include an allowance of entering the premises of each candidate. You agreed to the interview once your resume was sent,
1: Mr. Caldwell. It may surprise you to know I do remember said allowance. Although I suppose that means I shouldn't be as surprised to see you as I am. I simply never imagined that clause would be taken so literally. I thought that was just legal jargon for a mutually arranged interview rather than whatever this is. Uh, May I interest you in some coffee or tea before we begin, at least, Miss?
2: Black coffee for me, please. My name is Evelyn Vaux. I am the secretary to Vinculus' chief executive officer, Mr. Richardson. We reviewed your resume and were impressed.
1: Yes. Well, I have years of experience and excel. You have in- a
2: master's in linguistics from Georgetown and specialize in archaic languages and ancient books. Correct?
1: Yes, that's right. I- You've worked
2: for your current employer for a few years now and seem to meet your deadlines accurately. And your references say you're detail-oriented. All very good, Mr. Caldwell. However, I see you did not answer our last question. Would you be able to expound upon that? It is not an optional part of the interview process, which is why it was placed on the initial application. Please, do elaborate.
1: Oh, look at that little kitty. His name is Fox. if you're curious.
2: I was not curious, but thank you anyway. It is difficult to find good help these days.
1: Are you referring to the question regarding paranormal experiences? To be frank, Miss Vo, I thought the web application had partially broken or been mixed up somehow. You actually require elaboration on that?
2: Of course. It's the only question you didn't answer, after all. Are you willing to provide an answer?
1: I recall now something Hepburn said about death and in interviews. <sighs> right. I grew up in the Virginia Mountains, Miss Vaux. I heard often, alongside many sermons, stories about creatures and ghosts and what have you, lurking about in the Shenandoah and its environs. I never paid such tales of boogeymen and goat people much heed. The only warnings I took seriously were those regarding the cave systems near my home. My mother, especially, took pains to warn me not to stray too deeply, and always to keep the light of day in sight, should I be... overwhelmed by childlike curiosity. Not that she believed any of the myths herself, mind, just out of an abundance of caution... I did enjoy going spelunking on occasion, although your question now reminds me of a reason why I stopped going. I remember it was a hot summer day. I was 12 or 13, maybe? (laughs) My friends and I were eager to find respite from the beating sun, and so we trekked to the most familiar and arguably coolest cave in our region. Lights and Cave. As the name implies, big enough and deep enough to get us out of the worst of the heat, and, of course, this would be the one time I listened to my friends over the sage advice of my mother. We plunged recklessly deep into the cave. A few of us had flashlights, and you know that awful feeling of overconfidence you get when you're surrounded by friends? especially in spite of making decisions that are clearly (laughs) ill-advised. We were positively drunk with that feeling. Nothing could possibly harm us here, in our own backyard. I do remember the immediate reward. Cool still air on my skin as we left behind the sweltering surface. My mother's warnings were not but a distant memory as we giggled our way into a small cavern. My friends were excitedly telling me about how they had been using the open space this far down as a sort of meeting chamber and theater. They liked to swap ghost stories and put on shadow plays on the cave walls, and I was finally being invited into this inner sanctum. A welcome break from heavy thoughts that had plagued me for a few years at that point. I had lost my father not long before this entire encounter... Sorry, I know that must seem a fairly random tidbit to bring up, but death had been weighing on my mind. I got my introduction to the inevitability of our demise earlier in life than I had ever hoped. Sorry, I am waxing quite eloquent. I'm coming to a point, but I hope I'm not losing you yet, Miss Beau.
2: Do go on, Mr. Caldwell.
1: Hmm. <laughs> You can imagine my excitement at finally earning the high honor of reaching the secret lair of a group of what I had hoped were like-minded preteens. Unfortunately, I am fuzzy on the details now, both for how long it's been and the suddenness of what came after. (sighs) Suffice to say, there was a disagreement on some details of how a certain story should be told, one which I was decidedly on the losing end of. By the time the conflict reached its peak I had worked back up all the heat I thought I had left behind topside and huffily determined to make my own way back to the cave mouth solo. A foolish decision especially given I ended up leaving my flashlight behind in my anger. I reasoned that after I left the light of my friend's impromptu theater behind it shouldn't be far until I saw the light of day leading me the rest of the way home but turns out I had quite a ways to go. The way was much longer than I had remembered in my joyful short trip down and was now turning into agonizing minutes of total darkness. I reached my hand to the wall I was certain would lead me upwards. I'm sure you already see how quickly my story could have come to a sudden end then and there. But thankfully, despite seconds that felt like hours, basically clawing at a dirt wall, stumbling blindly on, my eyes trained on a faint glimmer of light reflecting off rocks in front of me. I thought to myself, ah, my journey ends. All fear is gone. But then I rounded the last corner between myself and the cave mouth. I recognized this part of the cave. When I actually bothered listening to my mother, this was as far as I usually went into Light's End. Except now stretched out on the brown dirt wall opposite my wall that I had so desperately clutched at to find my way back. There was the shadow of a person. The legs were extended all the way from the cave entrance just out of sight to a point where it joined a round body topped with an elongated head. Someone was standing at the mouth of Light's End. Could it be my mother? naturally aware of my disobedience and here so swiftly to chastise me. I felt like calling out to her all the same. I had been so scared until I saw the sun's light, fear rapidly replacing my childish anger. But something held me back. I'm so very glad that I did not call out. The shadow sat motionless on the wall. I thought it odd that someone would simply be standing here of all places. Light's End had been chosen by my erstwhile friends for its secluded location, away from prying adult eyes and deep in the Virginia backwoods. So what were they doing here? Come to reminisce about their own time in the cave? A spelunker gearing up for a subterranean voyage? But if so, they were strangely immobile. It just Remained there, hovering over the floor with its pencil thin feet stretched out in a line pointed at the cave entrance. I found myself intently studying the shade, that feeling prickling the back of my scalp still preventing me from making any noise. Why were they standing there for so long? Surely I've been here a good five, ten minutes already. Are their legs really that skinny? Or is the sun playing tricks on me? Is that how human heads are usually shaped? Like an outstretched oval with no sharp points? No visible hair? No mouth or eyes? <laughs> don't, don't be ridiculous, Silas. I think at this point I shouldn't see a mouth or eyes on a shadow anyway. Heads are supposed to just be blobs. But then... I did see eyes. Not colored or shaded, but points of light blinking through the shadow where I should be on the head. You're. you're not supposed to see light through the head part of a human shadow. Not normally. The shadow was looking at me. I don't know how I became convinced of that fact. Surely this was an extremely coincidental reflection of rocks on the already strange presence of a clearly creepy individual who just so happened to be lurking about at this particular cave as I stood alone with nothing but darkness behind me. Thinking back on it now, there was probably some rational explanation for it. But of course, in case I haven't made it clear yet... There were quite a few extenuating factors contributing to my overall mental state. That is to say, what I ended up actually doing was stand there quaking for actual hours, locked in what felt like a deadly staring contest with a shadow. If I looked away for even a moment, the shadow was going to choose to do something, I don't know what, at that precise moment. I felt it as sure as I live and breathe now. I told you I had been in a fatalistic mindset at this point, yes? I couldn't help but place myself metaphorically in the shoes of my father at that moment. He had shown quiet dignity in his final moments. (laughs) Could I trust myself to at least acquit myself as a man, here facing the specter of death itself? Those points of light it had for eyes threatened to send my mind into a full-on delirium of fear. I was beginning to imagine it as the shade of the Grim Reaper itself when I was suddenly ripped from my horror by the return of my friends who gripped my shoulders from behind and elicited a marked vocal response from me. My head spun to face the new threat, but quickly snapped back in fear of the shadow only to see Nothing in its place. (laughs) How terribly anticlimactic. Had I dreamt the whole thing? Was this some trick of the light played upon a fearful mind while stupid eyes blinked and adjusted to the sun? My friends got a good laugh out of it, at least. And I simply never went back into that cave in particular. So, do I uh, believe in the paranormal? Belief's a tricky word, but I made a lasting decision based on an experience I had, which I still can't quite explain. I have theories. I have reasonable, plausible explanations now, but... I still don't much care for being left in the dark all the same so uh, ultimately whether I fully embrace the paranormal or not I feel more inclined to say the paranormal has chosen to embrace me so yes Miss Vo I'm not opposed to its existence fundamentally
2: how does that sound Mr. Richardson very good now then, Mr. Caldwell.
1: Wait.
2: Ooh. We at Vincula think you would be an exceptional fit. We would like to extend the opportunity for employment and will allow a two-week time period between your current occupation and your April 5th start date with Vincula. We will provide your living accommodations within our own work site and will also cover airfare and travel. We do ask that you only bring what is necessary, as furniture and certain requested items will be supplied for you. Of course, Vincula offers full benefits, and we are more than willing to negotiate salary. I'll send your documentation and official offer through the email provided on your resume. Now, if there aren't any further questions...
1: <sighs> I do believe you've covered everything. Well, aside from the point that box is coming, but that's a non-negotiable. Hey, kitty kitty. I... Can't say I'm all too thrilled about the prospect of being hired based on actually being blown fully over the cuckoo's nest. I got my hopes up too soon that my long-winded story was going to elicit only snores and a refusal. So, what will I be doing, precisely? I do recall your being from a biotech firm. What would a business like yours need with a linguist?
2: What else would you expect a linguist to be doing, Mr. Caldwell? Surely not locked in another staring contest with death itself. We'll see ourselves out. You'll be receiving more information from us shortly. And we've provided contact information if you do have any other questions. Sanitize before we leave. You know I can't stand the stench of animals in my car. Here we go again.
1: Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share-alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. Miss Evelyn Vo is played by Kyla Crockett. Additional voices and sounds provided by Gage Odom. Listen to other episodes, find our social media links, and make donations by visiting syntaxpodcast.com. Rate us on iTunes and Google Podcast, and follow us on Spotify. Tweet us at TwinStrangersP with your burning questions, and engage with fellow listeners on our subreddit, r/syntaxpod. Thanks for listening.